Hello and welcome to the podcast of TechEU. I am your host, Andrew Regler, and today we are going to discuss some of the biggest funding rounds of the week, some M&A deals, and also talk a little bit about micromobility. Later on, I would also like to play you an interview with Riku Asikainen, a managing partner at Evli Growth Partners, which is one of the investors in the e-scooter company Tier. But first, the news. First up, Arrival, a UK-based startup that builds electric buses and vans, is going public. The company has announced that it will float through a SPAC that is a special purpose acquisition company on the Nasdaq. Arrival will be valued at four billion pounds and will have raised 660 million US dollars through this transaction. Arrival was founded in 2015 and it has raised more than 200 million US dollars so far. The startup wants to build its electric vans and trucks from the ground up using a new material that it has designed in-house. What's also interesting is that Arrival is not actually planning to run like a huge factory to manufacture the vehicles, something that you would expect uh, from a uh, from an automotive uh, company. Instead, it wants to build many micro factories across Europe and the US starting next year. But just for some context, a micro factory uh, that Arrival calls it is still pretty big. It's still around the size of three football fields. So at the moment, it actually already has one facility in Bicester, England, and is planning to build another one in Rock Hill, South Carolina in the US. Arrival says that it has signed contracts worth 1.2 billion US dollars for its vehicles so far. Its anchor customer is the American delivery giant UPS, which has committed to buying 10,000 vans when commercial production begins. In a conversation with CNBC, Arrival's president and chief strategy officer said that Arrival was committed to the UK, where it employs 1,300 people. It is, however, somewhat telling that the company has made a decision to list on the other side of the Atlantic. And as a side note here, it is not that easy to float through a SPAC in the UK or across Europe uh, at all. And I have talked about it a few weeks ago, so if you are interested, check out the episode number 192 in your podcast player. Coming up next, Santander Group, the Spanish-born financial giant, has acquired a range of quote-unquote highly specialized technological assets from the insolvent payment company Wirecard. According to a statement, and I quote here, around 500 employees currently managing the acquired assets in highly qualified teams will join Santander. They will remain in their locations and will become part of Santander's global merchant services team under the umbrella of the GetNet global franchise, the quote ends. A report by the Financial Times puts the announcement a bit more simply, as Santander will basically buy the core European business of Wirecard. FT also has reported on the price. Its sources say that the deal is worth 100 million euros. However, neither Santander nor the administrator of Wirecard have confirmed this number. Oh, and speaking about Wirecard, Marcus Brown, uh, the company's former boss, was temporarily released from jail on Thursday to appear before German lawmakers and answer their question. Well, appear he did, answer he did not. Reuters reports that Brown declined to answer more than 50 questions about Wirecard's demise other than to say no German officials behaved inappropriately. So Brown is now safely back to jail and the investigation continues.
Back to funding announcements. Online fashion and lifestyle platform company Global Fashion Group, or GFG, has raised approximately 120 million euros by issuing new shares. In case you're not familiar with GFG, it's a major organization with 1.16 billion euros in revenues and more than 10,000 employees across four continents. It operates brands like Dafiti, La Moda, Zalora, and The Iconic. It says it will invest heavily in the expansion of its market marketplace and fashion services businesses in particular. Another week, another funding round for an Amazon-based business aggregator. Berlin-based Seller X has landed 100 million euros in a round led by Cherry Ventures, Felix Capital, and Silicon Valley-based Triple Point Capital, with participation from Village Global. Seller X snaps up fulfillment by Amazon shops, consolidates them, and turns them out with new branding and growth strategies. Last week, we saw two deals involving very similar businesses, uh, one UK based Heroes secured 65 million US dollars, and then another Berlin-based company, Razor Group, landed 25 million euros. Next up, Spacemaker, a Norwegian AI startup, has been acquired by Autodesk for 240 million US dollars, mostly in cash. The startup develops AI-powered software for urban designers, architects, and real estate developers. We interviewed the company's CTO, Carl Christensen, last year at Slush, and it took me a while to understand what the company is actually doing. So let me play you a fragment if you don't remember. Spacemaker is on a mission to build better and more sustainable cities. And uh, we're doing that by building a cloud-based computational design platform with uh, artificial intelligence and analytics to help real estate developers and architects find the best ways to build sites in urban areas. Right. And now in plain English. Yeah, <laughs> that's the hard thing about what we do. So we basically help uh, the people that build cities to build them better and more sustainably in, in the light of urban growth and climate change that are facing cities all over the world, if, right. I, if that's easier to understand. <laughs> uh, just to give an example, uh, when a real estate developer wants to develop a site with housing in an urban area, they have to solve a lot of difficult problems and handle constraints and take care of this, the city that's there already and the people that's going to live in the houses, but they also make, have to make the development profitable for themselves. Um, so there's a lot of constraints and requirements from a lot of different stakeholders. So they hire, of course, an architect and, uh, and urban planners and engineers and project managers, a lot of different people, and they try to come together to f come up with a good solution. And they have no digital way of doing that. They mm -hmm. use different tools and different methods, which makes it really hard to solve. So we, uh, we're putting all of these uh, needs and the need for understanding the physical environment um, and all of these different uh, really, really hard calculations that you have to do to understand the world like noise and wind and all of these things, into one platform that makes it all very accessible and easy for people to work together and see kind of the consequences of different solutions, but also generating solutions for them to find kind of what are the best ways to develop this site to take into account all of these diff really, really difficult requirements. And if you are not familiar with Autodesk, uh, the company is known for its 3D design, engineering, and construction software. Andrew Anagnost, the CEO and president of Autodesk, said in a comment for TechCrunch that the acquisition of Spacemaker is in line with the company's long-term strategy of using the power of the cloud, chip compute, and machine learning to evolve and change the way people design things. 
And of course, I couldn't finish off the news overview without a story about e-scooters, sorry. Transport for London and London councils have launched a competition to select up to three operators for a 12-month trial of rental e-scooters. According to a statement, the total number of e-scooters involved in the trial has not yet been determined, but TfL and the boroughs expect to start cautiously with between 60 to 150 e-scooters per borough, with e-scooters able to move freely across the whole trial area. So there are 32 boroughs in London, so we're talking anywhere from 2,000 to almost 5,000 e-scooters, which is still, of course, significantly less than the 15,000 vehicles cap introduced in Paris, for example. But of course, this is just a trial after all, and TfL also says that, I quote here, operators who demonstrate strong performance and compliance will be able to increase the number of e-scooters in in their fleet over the course of the trial, whilst those who do not may have to reduce their fleet size." The quote ends. It looks like the trial will start already on January 1st, 2021, so we should see the selection result quite soon. In the meantime, it is interesting to note that the use of privately owned e-scooters is still very much illegal under UK law, and it does not seem to change anytime soon. And this story brings us nicely to this week's interview. Following the news of Tier raising $250 million last week, I talked to Riku Asikainen, managing partner at Evelyn Growth Partners, which is one of Tier's investors. So check out this conversation to learn more about the VC perspective on e-scooters and urban mobility in Europe in general. Okay, let's start with just yourself uh, telling me your name and uh, what is it you're doing. Yes, hello. So Riku Asikainen is my name. I'm running a growth fund in, in, in based in Helsinki called Ebli Growth Partners. So it's not evil growth partners, even though people call, call us by that name as well. This is an entrepreneur's fund. We have five uh, senior partners. All of us are entrepreneurs. The money is, is from investors from the bank. So, so Ebli is a bank in Finland, listed bank. We have about 13 billion under management and 200 million program for, for growth equity. And that's the, the, the fund that I'm running. Yeah, you you totally answered another question I had about evil growth partners. So okay. how often do people misread it this way? Does All it really the time. And, and we, have, we have registered that name as well. You know, you can't pick your name, I guess. That, that, that it's, it's there. So, so we, we are okay with it, you know. Right. What does Evely actually mean? Uh, what does it stand for? It doesn't mean anything. That's the craziest thing. That, that, that The bank was established in uh, 1985. And I think that it was the name of uh, a dog or something like that. <laughs> so it doesn't really make any any sense. But now it's a brand and, and now they are using it. So. Right, absolutely. Now, so the reason we talk now of all times is that you uh, were one of the investors in tier mobility uh, back in 2018 and you also did participate in the latest round of 250 million. Yes. Am I right? Yes, partly yes. Right. So tell me about uh, 2018 then. Uh, what made you believe in e-scooters in general and tier in particular back then? Yes, and I think that that's the kind of the exciting part of it. Uh, of course, it's now easier to say that, that when you know something, what happened. But at that time, of course, I think like, like in most of the European cities, you could just suddenly see the e-scooters popping up and, 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 and kind of uh, becoming uh, popular. And, and we wanted to, to have a look you know, the, on, on the market. And at the same time, uh, I think that the, the first news stories came up that, that the saying that the unit economics are, are just horrible on, on, on the e-scooters, that, you know, they basically last for four weeks. And, uh, you know, that this is one of the crazy things that will just fade away. 
So we had a really uh, fortunate situation that, that there were two great companies, so Voy and Tier at the same time, and Voy was really quite close to us so from from Stockholm and kind of the natural company to look at. But but then we wanted to, as a reference, look at Tier as well, and, and went for a visit. And and this is people's business, you know. When you meet the entrepreneurs, if if you like them, if you understand how they they explain the story, you know. Uh, you have to go with that, and, and and that was the really the kind of the easy easy start, and then we thought, okay, Lawrence's team seems to be the stronger one, and like I said, Boy did very well at the same time. Maybe the most important thing for us was that he was really able to to explain that the unit economics at even at that time they were negative, obviously in the very beginning, but 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 we could see that that, that where the business is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then basically. I understand. Uh, I understand the tier part, but micro mobility in general. What made you think that it's actually well not a fad that it will not fade away, as as you just mentioned? Yes, that's a good point as well. We we don't know what's what's going to be there in 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 five years. But 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 if you look at the, just the public transportation and and how public transportation works, and this is part of public transportation, and I don't think the people really recognize that uh, that this is a transportation mode of transportation that you can take on. When you please, in the similar way as, as as you can jump in a, in a tram and and pay when mm-hmm. when you want to use it. So of course this is a solution for for the last 500 meters to to fast couple miles or, or couple kilometers, uh, and that's quite important part of the the convenient traveling. That if you walk uh, for for the last uh, you know couple kilometers, and that's not a long distance. Uh, it will take you tens of minutes in 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 a city, maybe ten or twenty minutes, and and quite often it has happened to you and me and almost everybody that we are busy and we are late that fifteen minutes, and it makes sense to try to to rush through uh, that time and then uh, save that last fifteen minutes that 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 that, uh, that you need, and that was really the the thing that that I was surprised with that that, that with the data that they could show us that that how much of that transportation is, is really kind of concentrated on, on these hubs. That was really interesting. And I understood that, that, that this is really a mathematical game of, of uh, demand and supply. And uh, where do you have the, the, uh, the, the supply in, in, and, and what time? I don't know if this is a really an easy way to explain it, but, but, the, uh, but of course, the strongest thing for us, like always, is the customer. What, what do customers say? And, and, and it was obvious that, that customers were loving it. You know, they started buying the service from the very, you know, you don't have to explain that how does this work. You know, just put the, the products on, on, on place and, and, and people start using them in every city. <laughs> and, 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 and that's quite remarkable if you think of it. Right. Okay. Uh, let's move now from 2018 to 2020. What sort of internal conversations uh, did you have about this investment uh, when the pandemic and lockdowns began? Yes. I don't know if if if, if it's a big. I hope that I'm not telling any secrets here. But 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 obviously, obviously the the 2020 is it's not like a, a smooth ride uh, for the company. You know, they, they basically entered. Uh, the year in 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 the plans of, of heavy expansion, then the the first lockdown hit you know everybody and then certainly everything re- related to travel also also tear super heavily. You know, and what, what could you know? You know, we, we didn't know if if the company would survive really really through that. 
But luckily, again, you know, they had really good statistics that they knew what is happening and they kept the, the, the cities open so, so that they had the constant feedback of, of, of their customers, like, like how much rice do you have? And, 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 and um, that was really kind of promising. And then, of course, we needed to, to finance the, the, the company already on the first half of, of 2020 just to support the, the cash, cash situation before this big round then came at the, at the, Uh, at, at Q3. So that was really the kind of, uh, it was really a roller coaster ride in that sense that, that first you, you were thinking, that, okay, this year is going to be according to the plan. Then, then you basically hit the full stop in, in, in the market. Uh, you need to, you know, finance the company without any kind of visibility on the, on the future. And then when travel restrictions opened and the summer came and then most importantly, They, they came up with their, their new model of uh, swappable batteries, which, which really changed the game in, in the unit economics. Then they could raise the, the, the big round, really. Right, right. I understand. So you are now referring to, uh, there was this uh, extension of Series B round in February, right? Yes, uh, yes. But it, it actually extended a little bit lo longer than, than, uh, than February. I think that it, we actually closed it in May because of, right. of the discussions and people being, you know, We were all super scared. At least I was. And, and I think that I wasn't the only one. Because what, what you know, right. it was a perfect storm for this business, if you think. If, if you basically don't let people go to the restaurants or, or bars or, or, you know, travel, it's, it's, it's very difficult for, for a public transportation company like Deer. Right. So, and I wanted to just take another uh, uh, range of uh, questions about the VC's perspective on the industry. Just like, uh, first of all, when you sort of analyze the viability of uh, the company, when you, uh, such as Tier, and when you look at the market and uh, you pour extra money uh, into the company uh, when the crisis hits, what makes you think uh, that uh, it won't be like, Just the American companies come to the market and take everything because they still have more money uh, than Tier does. Mm. Really, with, with the Tier's case, I, I think that they, 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 it's a beautiful case in that sense that, that, that the unit economics, they, they are the key, that, that, that you need to be... It's a very simple business, if, if you think of it, that, that the pricing is, is set in, in one sense that, you know, two euros, about two dollars, two euros, uh, is, is a price of the, the one ride. Give or take, depending on a little bit of the city, but 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 that's that's about it. In the very beginning, you know, the the, the problem with the U.S. players was basically that they they used all of that two dollars uh, into the uh, purchasing of of, of the, the the scooters. That the scooters were running out so fast that that they actually you know didn't manage to, to get any 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 gross margin out of it or, or very little. And in the first investment round. I was just absolutely certain that you must be able to make a product that lasts much longer than, than one month, even on the streets. And, and, and obviously that was true. And, and now we are looking at the lifetimes of, uh, you know, up to 24 months or, 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 or something like that. So instead of, you know, using two dollars or two euros each ride on, on to cover the cost of the vehicle, we are now using, you know, something like that, you know, what, what, it, what, mm -hmm. what, what, what it could be, maybe 10, 10, 10 to 20%. So, so not, not a lot at all, a lot at all. And then the next question is just the operations cost. That how much does it cost for, for you to, to keep that fleet out there and, and, you know, operationally, uh, run the, 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 the program. The, the U.S. competitors, they thought that this is just a really so simple business that they just buy these units from China and then basically, you know, drop them into cities and, and, and just let them be there. Don't, you know, let, let them, you know, stay wherever they, they, you know, 
end up being, and 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 uh, the renters will kind of take care of it. But it doesn't work that way. That uh, you need to make decisions and you know really move the scooters you know back and forth and and make them in the morning you want them to be in one place and in the evening you want them to be in another place. So the balancing of the the, the fleet is is super important, and that's what what I think that Tier was really good at. Also. That they are really good at uh, refurbishing and, and kind of fixing, keeping the cost of the scooter and lifetime of the scooter at, at the maximum. So, so actually, those are the kind of the, the things that they, they mastered. And now that the latest things, that, which is the swappable battery, which makes it possible for, for you to just to swap the battery and you don't have to take the scooter anywhere to be charged, that, that maybe takes 30% of the operational costs away. Because you you just have a much more efficient way of, of doing it. And now what they are trying very successfully is, is in Tampere they are trying this that the scooter drivers they will be notified that okay now the, the battery is at twenty five percent. If you like to have a free ride, you can do it by taking this to you know to this restaurant or to this shop and swap the battery, and and you know the the, the ride doesn't cost you anything. If you accept that. Then uh, it's it's obviously changes the cost structure of uh, of tier quite uh, dramatically, and 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 that's the, the kind of the latest uh, version of it. But there is a lot of work to be done, you know, how to operate that, those different locations, and and you know, so so that's the challenge that they now have. But it's a it's a completely different challenge than what they had before, because now they actually are getting contribution margins on all all the levels and a lot of right. it. Right, and I remember that Tier was actually refurbishing and selling its uh, its uh, e-scooters. Uh, have you gotten uh, one for yourself yet? <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Uh, we we bought one, and, uh, but it's a little bit funny story that that everything you know it's it's for the German market. So so all the all the instructions are in German, and, and you know all that. But but we have the only one in Finland. I think that, that we have one in the office. Great. Uh, now, so from what I understand, however, is um, like a lot of uh, European players like Dot, like Bolt, like Voy, they're all also working on their own uh, scooter models. And uh, uh, this swappable battery model is nothing that cannot be copied, of course, by other people. And it's not uh, and it's not a tier that uh, thought of it for the first time. I think it uh, comes from uh, Southeast Asia, which actually brings us to another question. So from your point of view, don't you think that at the end of the day, the upside of uh, a kind of e-scooter company would be capped by regulation uh, that more and more cities are uh, bringing in place? If we look at Paris, for example, where Tier did win a license, one of the three, but still it's capped at 5,000 vehicles per city. So if this happens with more cities, then uh, there is just only you know, this much money uh, that uh, can be made uh, on uh, this business and we're not really talking about all this uh, 10x and 100x that a VC would be looking for. It's a, it's a good point. Maybe the first point on this is, is that I think that the products like like uh, Otier and Voy has, for instance, uh, or, or any of the competitors, they work better in the European marketplace than they do in the US marketplace where they started. That the US cities are, are not basically best fit for this that that you need other public transportation services and people that that are used to using something like that that if you are used to driving your uh, Chevrolet to to Walmart you are not leaving the, the Chevrolet somewhere and take a scooter to to to, to go to McDonald's you, you just don't do that but if, if you are in the European cities which are kind of smaller 
in size and then have uh, maybe smaller roads, uh, more uh, uh, bicycle lines and, 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 uh, and all that. It, it works better in the European cities. So, so that's one thing. Then uh, about the regulation, I think that, the, you know, there is the first one uh, to acknowledge that, that there should be regulation, that it's good to have regulation, that, that the big city like Paris, you should not have a, like a uh, <laughs> completely free, uh, free model where, where anybody can bring in, you know, any, any type of uh, products, but, but you should really regulate it. But I think that it's, it's for benefit of basically everybody in, in, in that. And, and my example is, is for, for cars. If you would not, for instance, you know, regulate the car parking in any way, you know, how would cars be parked in, in cities? You know, they would, you know, that, that would be a completely habit. So, so I think that the, the, what is happening is that, that you are going to have these licenses for, for the biggest cities at least. And really it's, it's important because, because otherwise the, 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 the system just gets, you know, too crowded and, and, you know, non working in, in, in one way. But then it comes back to the kind of, that where can you really grow then? And, and I think that the, the operational excellency is, is important here. That if you can, if you can operate in a hundred thousand people city, I, I can, I can assure you that, that here can do that. Then, then you have much more options. And, and actually it works better in, in cities like that, that the, because there the, the fluctuations of traffic, if you like, are, are, are less and, 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 and the, the, it is easier for, for you to, to calculate basically that, that the way, where do you want to, to, to have the, the, your scooters? And maybe it's easier to, to operate because the, the city understands that the, the needs as well a little bit. Like they don't have the public service as, as large. Uh, so they understand that there are areas that need to be covered with, with, with some other services. So my answer to you is that the, I think that there are, you know, that the, the list of cities that are possible for, for, for this type of products is, is much bigger than, than what we originally thought. And, and maybe the best market is not the London, New York, Barcelona markets, because those are, you know, public transportation there is already quite good, you know, in, 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 in one way. And, and, and then they have additional problems, like, like the, the streets are very crowded and then, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to, to, to get yourself into it. So, so I don't know. Let's see. Right. So uh, just to uh, to wrap it up, really, I think it's my last question going to be. So since you're in the Nordics, uh, not at the moment, but in general, uh, I guess you do talk to other VCs in the market and you do talk to people who also invested in Voy, for example, and uh, other micromobility solutions. Do you expect uh, consolidation on this market in the future? No, that, that's obviously a, a question that, that everybody thinks of, that, that, that how, much, uh, how much consolidation will, will there be? In one way, we have seen quite a bit of uh, consolidation. Like you mentioned, the, the Paris, I think that in the one moment there were 15 or 17 or 18. I don't know how many, how many players tried to be in Paris. So, so now there are not only three. Okay. I know that it, it happened on the regulation side, but, but it is also happening on the other side that if you are a small player on this, if you only operate one or two or three cities locally, it's, it's, it's not possible to, to be you know, operationally uh, profitable. So, so you need to be a really big, big player on this. That, that of course po- talks for, for the, the, the consolidation. As far as it goes for, with Voy, you know, uh, I'm just assuming that they, they have some talks all the time or they have had them, them many times. I just hope that, that we, we, we will have a really strong European players in, in, in place because this is going to, the Europe is going to be the best place to, to run this business. So, so we should not give this to, to Asian or, or Americans to, to, to run it in Europe. If we have one or two players, I don't care, but, but, you know, I think that the Europeans should run this for, for ourselves. 
Right. Okay, Rico, thank you so much. That was a great conversation. Thanks a lot for taking the time. Thanks a lot for joining and good luck. All right. Take care. Thanks a lot. And this is it for our today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I do hope that you enjoyed it. Please help us spread the word. Tell a friend or colleague about the show and follow our updates on Twitter at tech underscore EU. Audio engineering for this podcast is done by SoundPulse, that is sound-pulse.com. Please feel free to email us with any questions, suggestions, and opinions at podcast at tech.eu. I am very much looking forward to your emails. I will talk to you again next week. In the meantime, enjoy your weekend and take care. Bye-bye.